Everybody, welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast, taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shot at the world of podcasting, but we like to have fun, keep things loose, and a lot to get to today. As always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha, Man in the Mirror, our intro and outro music. Go show them some love, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream your music, anywhere you stream your podcast, like Spotify, Apple, Google, and Stitcher, you can find JD Masters and Buddha, friends of the program, friends of ours. Evan, lots to get into today, NFL, college basketball, soccer, MLB, tons of stuff too. And it's funny, with the NFL, we're not even going to touch on any of the Super Bowl stuff. There's a whole finagle of shit we got to get to. Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, it's it's been one of the more, I, I guess you could say, wild, uh, you know, kind of coaching search processes. I mean, there's been so many open jobs, and not just coaches, right? General manager gigs as well, and and uh, you know, we're still. Still trying to get there, uh, you know. Looking at you, Jaguars, but you know they're not alone. You know, I mean, the uh, there's there's a lot of teams that you know either they 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 may have a pretty clear front runner, but they don't you know have someone officially hired yet. So it's uh, it's been a bit drawn out compared to maybe some recent years where it always seems like a race to you know we want to have our guy set up you know whatever right away, but um, not 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 quite. And yeah, there's also a ton of other stuff going on too, Dom, with the. You U.S. men's national team. We got college basketball heating up. You know, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But, but yeah, I think uh, I think a good place to start is uh, is obviously with the like you know kind of the bombshells of the NFL this past week. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it we're we're two days late because you know I guess he he decided to he didn't really get on our schedule like the asshole he is. But Tom Brady is officially retired. It's officially official, and. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I think for me and Dom is, you know, two fans of respective teams that have had, you know, our woes against Tom Brady. Uh, you know, it's respect, but it's also like, finally, finally, we can move on with our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, absolutely. And uh, I, I mean, like everybody else that's been going around saying the league, I have no problem tipping my cap, sign of respect, everything that Brady did. Best of all time. There, there's no there's no question. It's it's deserved very well deserved but like you said though i like some people are like you know in their feels about tom leaving and like you know like all these instagram posts of like patriots fans feeling disrespected and the bucks fans like thanking him for the one season he gave them which is fair you know he gave him a super bowl understandable i i don't feel any of that i i too am like thank god i finally i don't have to ever worry about tom brady playing the Buffalo Bills ever again. Uh, that is something me and my therapist are going to have a nice conversation about coming up soon. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I, while, while I'm, you know, tip of the cap, respect to the career he had, uh, very good riddance, Tom. Enjoy retirement. He uh, he has property in, in at the Yellowstone Club in Montana too, Ev, so we yeah, can go does. back up there. Um, 
you know, be sure to keep an eye out if you're ever by the Big Sky area. If you ever, you know, you ever take your millions and head up with all your your millionaire friends in Yellowstone, you'll probably see Tom Brady up there. I would, uh, I would love to hang with Tom and uh, Drew Brees and and all the other people that have uh, Montana property. That would be, uh, that'd be fun. They'd probably, you know, the Montanans themselves would hate our guts, as we know. But yep. uh, you know, that's that's fine. I don't mind uh, blocking off public access land. Um, so <laughs> no, I. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, Brady's career, I mean, there's nothing we're going to say that hasn't been said a billion times, really. But, I mean, it, it really is kind of, I don't know, we have a unique perspective. Because, I mean, from the time that we were basically conscious of what football was, Tom Brady was in the NFL and, you know, winning and you know winning Super Bowls. I mean, uh, and, and so for, for a play to kind of have a name like that to have someone of that stature playing throughout your entire childhood he was the easiest to hate like you know it's obviously it's obviously one of those things where there's a you know i mean how many you know hundreds of millions of kids possibly that look up to tom brady you know or, or look at him as like something to aspire to be like um for me you know sure i guess i thought that at points but really I just, I just, I mean, my, my number one childhood memory of Tom Brady is me screaming at the television in 2007 as the Jaguars lost uh, to the Patriots in the AFC uh, divisional round. And then 10 years later doing the same damn thing again uh, as a, as a young adult, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, but, but, uh, but I'm with you though. Like that's, I, I, I think that's uh, uh, amidst all the signs of respect, like that, that's personally that's how I also feel too. Like I'm, I'm happy he's gone, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure he's happy to be away and take some time with his family and whatnot. And good, he should have done that about three years ago. Saved us, saved us a little bit more headaches. How do you feel though about the Patriots fans being butthurt about the departure and the lack of what appears to be, I don't know, a goodbye message that he didn't give to Patriot fans in Foxborough? They're arguing that. Tom, like, they deserve to have Tom say some, I don't know, some special message of, like, you know, thank you, Patriots Nation. And, and like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think, I think Patriot fans are being a little petty here because he doesn't owe you fucking shit out of what he's already given you. The man brought you six Super Bowls. I, 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 don't, I don't buy what Patriot fans are cooking up here right now. I think it's extremely petty what they're trying to argue with Tom Brady right now. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I think... Uh... I, I think, uh, uh, you know, anybody that has any, you know, I, I feel like pettiness right now at like, you know, when a player retires, like, of course, you know, how sports on, you know, sports in the modern world works is that, you know, hot takes never stop, you know, the, it, you know, the sun never goes down on a hot take, you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, there's gotta be moments where you can just sit back and like appreciate. And this sounds morbid, but I think it's kind of real. It seems like the only time we really do that. And even then, not even all the time is, you know, unfortunately after someone like dies, you know, that's like what oh, it takes. Yeah, I, that, I think that's fair. That's, I, that, I, to, that's like that. what it takes for people to not just like yep. <laughs> be completely like disrespectful or whatever not you want to say. And, and, and I think, I think there may be some validity to some of the comments and, and stuff like that. But, but at the same time, I mean, the idea that you have any other feeling other than gratitude if you're somebody that supports one of the you know the two teams, no matter either way that that Tom Brady played for, um, 
you know, I, I think, it, you know, any other feeling than gratitude is is kind of just, I mean, immature or just selfish or or, or petty, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's leave leave the, the bad vibes for the other, you know, fan bases of the other 30 teams in the NFL. You know, you guys, you guys can, this is supposed to be, if anything, you know, like when your grandpa retires or when your dad retires or, you know, something like that. This is supposed to be a moment to feel good about the past, not, you know, to, to kind of drag shit up. Um, so, yeah, it's whatever. You know, people are going to be mad on the internet. That's kind of my take. Yeah, I, I'm trying to pull up the article I was looking at earlier. I do I, – I, there are – there are some crazy stats that Tom Brady gets to say he retires with. Uh, I'm going to go down a list here. So, obviously, his seven Super Bowls, more than any franchise alone has ever won. That's pretty obvious. Only three teams in the NFL have more playoff wins than he does. He has won more playoff games than 13 other franchises have ever appeared in. Just appeared, not even won, appeared in. Uh... Super Bowl all-time leader, completion yards, touchdowns, it's not even close. No other quarterback has played in a Super Bowl after the age of 40. Brady has played in three. Over the over the course of the NFL, the, the lifeline of the Super Bowl era in the NFL, Ev, Tom Brady has played in 18% of the Super Bowls. Oh, Which kind wow. of puts that yeah, number in perspective. Yeah, that makes me feel not... Uh... Not so, <laughs> like, God, man. Never had just... a losing season as a starter. Sheesh. Yeah, it's, uh... It's... I mean, that's what's wild. That's like, I mean, it's like what, whenever you're talking about, you know, whether it's Alabama, you know, in the 2010s or whatever it is, like, it's just so wild to think about the longevity plus the consistency, you know? I mean, there's a lot of, like, in, you know, incredibly impressive NFL careers and, and, uh... uh you know that you know you go wow that guy felt like they were dominant year in year out but there's right. you know years in between where they were just fine or they were injured consistently or whatever you want to say and i you know i mean you you the tb12 method you know I, you can't really doubt it i mean based on the results it's provided Flax, and flaxseed smoothies baby and kissing your son on the lips it must there 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 there's something that he's found in the fountain of youth that i guess we just haven't looked at yet uh, yeah, so I, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know what to say other than just it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been fun. You know, it, it really hasn't been fun if I'm being honest, but you know, it's, it's, it's fun to say that, you know, we got to experience it, I guess. Yeah. And, I, I, uh, I think that's a good emotion to feel. Definitely. I think that's how, that's how I'll view it too. And apparently I'm... he's already set up a movie deal. Like he's going to star and direct a movie. Um, so that's like what's next for Tom Brady, which I think is just as wild as anything else. Um, so, uh, you know, the, that's the thing is that Tom Brady may be done with football, but if you think Tom Brady is like, you know, going to revert to, you know, the, the, the backstage, you know, he's not going to be in the spotlight. I, I think I don't, again, think again. Yeah. He's Tom Brady. But, uh, Tom, you know, we also have got uh, other things to talk about. Uh, I think the other main bombshell of the NFL week was was uh, came last night. John Harbaugh announces that – or didn't announce, but, you know, Adam Schefter reported that John Harbaugh told Michigan that he is coming back to be the head coach for the 2022 season and for the future. Uh, Schefter also said that Harbaugh apparently phrased it as he will, like, never – 
look for another job while at Michigan. As long as Michigan wants him there, he will stay there, um, which is interesting. I mean, I guess I guess that Vikings inter- those Vikings interviews didn't go that well. I don't know how to describe that, though, because he I, had two interviews, and I think it must have been due to something about control. It must have been a case of he wanted roster input or he wanted something to that level, like what he's kind of refound in college, and... You know, they said, no, nah, we're not, we're not, we just hired a new GM. We're not letting you, right. you know, kind of undercut that. Um, so that's, you know, obviously kind of interesting. Well, and it's the whole thing of Jim Harbaugh leaving when the rumor spread early yesterday that he was leaving to take the Vikings job. It starting yesterday on National Signing Day in of itself was a giant bombshell for Michigan athletics and Michigan football. Because as you're trying to hone up and, and, and button up your, your 2022 recruiting class, you have Jim Harbaugh going possibly to the NFL and you know maybe taking staff with you and sending Michigan, I'm sure, into turmoil, whatever. But late last night, I mean, this, this ultimately assures that, I, that Michigan avoids crisis mode 11 during their recruiting phase as they close out the day. And him coming back, I, I, I would, I think that makes a lot of sense. Ev, is <clears throat> you got to imagine Jim Harbaugh has the keys to everything and like every single nook, cranny, and asset of the Michigan Wolverine football program. I, I don't even think if the Vikings were, you know, didn't hire the new GM and had some old ways and were trying to be a little bit more flexible. The NFL is just a different – it's a different beast than college football. I, I don't think Jim, like you said, would ever have gotten the control he wanted to have that made him felt like he was going to get the most out of that Vikings head coach job. And for him, I mean, the amount of money he's, he's getting paid to be at Michigan and, again, that total control he has – He's got he's got the keys, Dan. Well, that that's <laughs> you know? the thing. Yeah, like I can't understand ever. I think I think, but that's probably part of it too. Was that he was like, uh, I think you know, there's a real chance that he had to just kind of weigh up, and he was like, I could basically never get fired from Michigan, or I could you know be mediocre after three seasons or two seasons in Minnesota and potentially be on the hot seat. I mean. Dude, it's weird to think that a high level, you know, in some, in some, uh, I guess, uh, uh, it's all relative, right? But, mm-hmm. but in some perspective, there's a situation in which a high level coaching job like Michigan is a cushy job for someone like Harbaugh. And it is. Because, I mean, you know, there was obviously pressure kind of coming into this past season for Michigan. Like, you know, haven't beaten Ohio State under Harbaugh, you know, blah, blah. But now that they've done this and they made a college football playoff, I feel like that reset every kind of, you know, concern. You know, I mean, of course, you would have liked to... uh to you know maybe you know go put win up a, a put up a better showing in the in the college right right playoff. right you know but, 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 but step by step though I mean you you you've tackled the big giant and you took down Ohio State now things are rolling and and I, I have to look at like the 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 recruiting class rankings of 2022. Uh, but I, I, I'm pretty sure Michigan is a top 15 program at least if not top 10. So. Uh, where are they? Where are they? Oh, maybe they're not. I lied. I lied right to your face. Oh my God. Where? No, no. Yeah, they are nine, nine. That's why I skipped right over them. So, I mean, that's the ninth best recruiting class in in the and the only the only 
Big Ten schools over them are Ohio State and Penn State, which has been something Jim Harbaugh has been fighting an uphill battle on ever since he got there because it's Ohio State and Penn State. It, it is what it is there. But, yeah, I, 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 it's, it almost to me is like the smarter move to come back to Michigan. You have everything is going for you. You have all the momentum on your side. You have the the things are the stars are aligning the way they need to be for you. So you absolutely should be looking at this as like, hey, this is my opportunity right now. Taking over a Vikings franchise that's low key in the shitter that can't figure out what the fuck they're doing with a quarterback and Kirk Cousins that may or may not be the future. I, I don't. I, to me, he's not the future. I, I don't know what you make of that. You know, you have some young talent in Justin Jefferson, and you have a guy like Dalvin Cook on your roster, but there's so many uncertainties in Minnesota. Where is he going to have more success on the long term and instantaneously as well? Michigan. Easy. Easy decision. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, it's not like he's this insanely beloved figure in Michigan, but they obvious, obviously the top brass really like him. And, you know, the fan base doesn't have too much to complain about right now in this moment. So it was just kind of really weird timing. I think it's really bizarre that on National Signing Day, everyone was wondering if you know, Michigan's head coach was coming back for the next year. Like he was actively interviewing for NFL jobs. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who put that first report out, but the Michigan booster club is 100% going to find that reporter and, and try to try to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that but, could not have been more, more miserably tied. To have I don't think they lost them. any, I don't think they lost anyone in terms of like, I don't remember any notable recruiting flips or anything. I could have missed it. I wasn't, Super paying well, the, attention, but just on a quick side tangent too is that the early signing period and the transfer portal made this signing day one of the most irrelevant signing days in the history of in the history of signing days, and, and that's the way it's going to be forever. That's a that's a a whole different topic in of itself. But yeah, I will say that that was it was wild how quiet this year's NSD was in terms of like you know. I, I, there was so much other noise going on with, between, like you said, the Flores stuff and everything mm-hmm. that, you know, NSD felt like a backseat. You know, it felt like people didn't really care, which is weird. I mean, a lot of years, I mean, you know, it, it's at a perfect time because, you know, the Super Bowl is still like a week and a half away. You know, there's NFL talk for sure and probably some coaching stuff going on, but nothing like what we've had, you know, obviously going on this week with these two two or three kind of bombshell uh, kind of things. Um, so, uh you know, uh, which you know, I we we aren't going to talk a ton about the Brian Flores thing. I mm-hmm. you know, I think me and Dom can both say that obviously we think it's extremely fucked. Obviously, this is something that's been in the making for a while. You know, I mean, this is this this kind of thing that you know you've heard taught you know tons and tons of of you know pl- former players, former coaches speak out on it. Current coaches, you know, all these different people talk about you know the lack of minority uh, head coaches. And, you know, and just in general, the lack of minorities in, you know, the top positions in NFL teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, we feel like it's really early in this story's life cycle, though, that we don't know how much, you know, we could give what we're feeling. But basically what I'm saying right now is what we're feeling. You know, there's not going to be a lot of t- takes or crazy levels of insight that, you know, I think we can kind of offer on a, you know, what let's be real. 
something that I think is going to end up being probably the biggest story of the NFL since possibly Kaepernick, you know, and, and, and oh, all that no, stuff. No so, doubt. Well, and, and so, now because you've got guys like Hugh Jackson starting to throw and attach their name to it behind it, supporting what Brian Flores is that's, saying. That's the one thing I can say. Uh, uh, it's, it's like so much of what comes next, and this has been said too, but so much of what comes next depends on how many or the, 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 the popularity of the names that join Flores in the class action lawsuit. If we, if he doesn't get a lot of support in the class action lawsuit, folks, it doesn't matter if he's, you know, right or wrong or whatever. I mean, that's probably not going to go as far as he, he'd like it to. He needs to see Hugh Jackson and crew kind of step in and also say, yeah, I've got receipts as well. Yeah, I, I, and that's something. Again, we're just kind of waiting to for that to develop. So, like Evan said, there's there's not you know when we were talking about it before the show, there's you know obviously it's a, a need to address it with the, with all our listeners here to make sure y'all understand what's going on. But you know there there is just so there there there's so much information just that's not I, I it's, it's not lining up in terms of how I can try to formulate any sort of you know, reasonable conclusions just because we are so early on and there's just, you know, everything is trying just to stick to the wall to, to see what happens here. But yeah, uh, uh, one, Hugh Jackson can't be the only one. He can't be the only one to step up. It's got to be, yeah. it's, there's got to, Brian Flores has got to hope that there's, that there is more help coming along the way. Two, if Brian Flores is more than okay with not coaching ever again in the NFL, then, you know, I would say press on, Brian, see what happens. Who knows? Uh, Because that's that's more than likely what's going to happen. I don't know how an NFL team ever takes a chance on Brian Flores again. I think think that it's interesting, though. I'm not trying to be cynical, but I am trying to be, you know, kind of, you know, political in terms of looking at the situation, which is – I mean, that's what's why this like hits way harder than anything else is that Brian Flores is actively interviewing for head coaching jobs. In fact, it's been reported that he told uh, the Saints and the Texans, who's who he both has had uh, second interviews with since, that he was going to uh, go go forward with this lawsuit and announce it. Um, he still then had the second interviews, which, I mean, of course he did. The Saints or Texans would look very, very awful if yeah. they then were like, uh, no, we're not doing this. Um, <laughs> so so I think I think he could still get a head coaching job. I think, obviously, though, you, you Dom, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And the main reason for that is, I mean, say what you want about Colin Kaepernick, but that dude, you know, starting QB in the NFL, I feel like that may be – debatable like in terms of you know while he was blacked out from you know ball you know blackballed yeah, right, from, right, right. from the nfl but nfl roster spot yeah of course of course oh, like most definitely he could be a back he could have been a backup for any team you know after after that after that stuff happened so i mean that's where you know we have seen players you know blackballed over this kind of stuff now we kind of have to figure out what level is the nfl going to go to in terms of potentially blackballing brian flores um hopefully hopefully this shit is the kind of thing that you know it's going to be tough it's not going to be you know sweet you know in any way but hopefully this is the kind of thing that actually forces change in the nfl and um obviously as major things happen in it we'll we'll keep you updated but or you know we'll we'll at least talk about it but yeah at the same time you know it's also one of those things where 
this is the tip of the this is you know we're at the top of the slope right here you know well, that we we just got on the run so and I uh, one thing I wanted to bring up too is the bill the Bill Belichick message to to Brian Flores I mean oh my God all time all time boneheaded move from Bill Belichick. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I that mean, is, that's that is unrelated to all the all the seriousness that we just yeah, brought yeah, in. That, I just wanted to bring that up. That is fucking awesome. That is so such a bon- <laughs> that's such a boneheaded move. I yeah, I was listening to another to um, uh, uh, a, a sports podcast yesterday that was helping me break all this down, so I could gather up some notes for our show. And I I I was hysterically laughing. I just couldn't I couldn't believe the 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 absolute lack of awareness built. Belichick <laughs> offered in that situation. Um, for those who don't know, when Brian Dabal got the job for the New York Giants, Bill Belichick texted Brian Flores saying congratulations on the Giants job before Brian Flores went in for his second interview. So he already knew before his second interview that he wasn't going to get the New York Giants head coaching job. So Bill Belichick fucked all that up to one of his former guys hysterical moment um so and it it, it also like like it's it's funny that this kind of comes on the on, on the curtails of this as well because obviously i've seen i've seen people throw the hot takes around when it comes to this and how it helps uh flores's case but nonetheless that's more my focus is like hey bill belichick you done fucked up you done fucked up on that one my man yeah like that i don't know i don't know how you let that happen yeah, it's a it's a pretty hysterical fuck up, um, you know. I, I definitely it, it, that is arguably the the part of the story. You know how like every good drama, it might be sad, it might have a bad ending, but there's at least some comedic relief. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick is the jester in this uh, in this movie, um, and, uh, uh, and I'm gonna say he's thriving in his role. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think it's awesome that Bill Belichick is a Un, like an untouchable, incomprehensible genius when it comes to to football, but it, pretty much in everything else, is. he might as well just be your dad. Um, so it's uh, it's good stuff. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on NFL coaching search wise before we go to the break, um, your your Jaguars update. When we last talked, I was you know deep in the well. I was deep in the pit. I'm still like in the pit for sure, but I've like at least stood up and am trying to like climb out of it. Um, That's good to hear. I'm glad to hear. Well, since we last talked, Rick Spielman, uh, former Vikings GM for the past nine years and mm-hmm. uh, high-ranking member of the Vikings front office for the past 15, is reportedly interviewing for a, quote, high-level front office job with the Jaguars that I guess is apparently not the GM job in this scenario. He would be above bulky is what everyone seems to, there's no confirmation of this, but it seems like he would be above bulky bulky as GM remaining underneath. And yeah, I think that is probably what we're going to get with Doug Peterson as the head coach. A lot of the recent points have been saying that it seems like Peterson Peterson had a second interview this week. Seems like, you know, there's a there's there's some progress being made there. Leftwich, you know, isn't dead, but it feels like it's dead. Um uh I I think 
I think I'm okay with this, I guess. It's definitely, like, very annoying that Balky is sticking around, and it's still a fucking embarrassing coaching search. No matter what happens at this point, they could hire, you know, Bill Belichick, and it would be like, what the hell? Yeah, this just, uh, but, everything that's led up to this point, it's, it's definitely an eyesore for sure. But, but you know, if Peterson's a head coach, and you've got a guy like Spielman who – you know, I know. You know, Dom made his point that you know the Vikings aren't haven't all made a ton of great decisions the past couple of years, especially. But Spielman is, you know, relatively well respected across the league, and you know, I mean, he obviously built a Vikings team that you know probably should have done better with the roster that oh, they don't had. Don't get it twisted. Uh, like twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen was you know a, a good stretch of time for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, the Minneapolis miracle, and they you know they're they're uh, you know just uh, a couple plays away from a Super Bowl, and they they've had success, and they and, and both them and the Jaguars, I remember, came into that twenty eighteen season with a lot of promise, but that's when you know the the wheels started to come off the wagon. I guess for for both franchises, if we're going back and looking, yeah. But, no, but it's any, funny. Anybody, There's some parallels. Yeah, but anybody else who's in who's in that position, I I, I think that'd be a great hire. My question though is just if Balky's going to remain the GM. But you're gonna put Spielman above Balky, then I, I like that's fine. But you're, I mean, Balky is you're undermining Balky, which is exactly what I guess Jag fans all want to begin with. But I, I'm wondering what, like, what is Balky? Well, there's what also is, what is Balky's responsibilities. Well, in that scenario, literally what someone, I forget if it was Aaron Wilson or who, but the, a legitimate NFL reporter said that in that scenario. What would happen would be that uh, Spielman would handle the actual business end of things, like the, you know, contracts and which and, and trading and all that stuff, which he is phenomenal at that stuff. That is like, I will say, probably the number one thing that impresses me about his track record. And that Balky would be able to spend more time, like, on the field and with the players, which. Makes me want to vomit <laughs> because everyone already hates Balky and it's famous how disliked this guy is from players and coaches. And they're like, well, let's put him around the players and coaches more with this move. Um, right. So, you know, I mean, that doesn't sound great. But at the same time, if this is what they go with, I will be a little bit more. I, I'll put it this way. I will at least stop bitching until we see like decisions being made and then those decisions going good or bad, in which case I'll be like, ah, you know what? It looks like it's working out. You know, if they have a great free agency, you know, let's say, you know, let's say that, you know, they hire Spielman, keep bulky, and then they go out in free agency and they sign some really impressive names on like some attractive looking deals. I'll be like, you know what? Okay, sure. Let's, I, okay. If Spielman's really the one running the show, this is fine. Um, if they go out and, you know, it feels very bulky-ish again, I'm going to be like, fuck, you know, I, I don't know if mm -hmm. we did anything. Um, I want to also point out that some people are saying that there's a reality in which Spielman is being hired for a position that will then review bulky's job. Like, as in, will then decide if bulky is retained as GM or if he is fired oh, that's and replaced the fucking with the case. Team. He's getting fired real fucking quick. Well, that's what I would think, but, you know, this shit has been wild, so... My, well, uh, then my next question, if that is, how much do, does Shaq Khan have a, a, a say in, in what Spielman's responsibility is, too? You well... Know, how, how, how much is, is, is Shaq Khan going to be involved with what Spielman's, you know, his duties are? 
Well, the idea is is that he would be VP and that he would be Shad's, you know, Shad's like business guy that knows football to that level. And I do recommend going and watching or listening to any, you know, any Jaguars fans or anyone curious about Rick Spielman. Go watch or read his interviews. They are like his, he did a lot of interviews recently, which he's kind of not been holding back that basically saying that Mike Zimmer was the one who ruined the regime and uh in, in, in Minnesota. Um, what? but no he's also, <laughs> right. Well, he, he's also had a lot of like, you know, he, he, he clearly knows football extremely well, right. but his strength is the business end. So I, I love this idea that, you know, he's Shad's eyes and ears that can look at the, how the football is being played and how the football is going and then translate that to business talk so that Shad Khan can understand. I don't know if Balky can do that right now. And, and Shad used to have a position, used to have guys like what Spielman might end up doing on staff. For whatever reason, after Caldwell left, after Dave Caldwell was fired, they didn't do that when they brought in Balky. So, um. Um, you know, I, I think this can work. I got to see it to believe it, though. I am going to be extremely sad if Byron Leftwich isn't the head coach because that's how it should have played out. That was the story, right. how the story was supposed to go. But there, you could do much worse than Doug Peterson. I'll, I'll take it. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's kind of where we're that at. That has been your guy from the very beginning, too. Well, you know? yeah. And I mean, I said, you know, I said I wanted Peterson, and I do. I mean, he's he's a good ass player. Or, I mean, coach, and and uh, and and you know, his his time leaving Philadelphia was obviously not. Um, I don't know. It wasn't pretty, but I, I, I think that, you know, if he's in a situation in which he feels comfortable, the Jags, this is the kind of move that, you know, this can at least get them back to mediocrity. And then we'll right. see if, you know, that, if the ceiling is actually, you know, playoffs or, you know, potentially where you really want to get to, which is, you know, AFC Championship, Super Bowl type stuff. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Things are slightly better, not that much better, but that's uh, that's the current state of affairs in uh, Duval County. Well, I'm glad to hear that things are looking up, at least for a little bit here. Uh, one last thing we got to touch on, Ed, before we go to the cash grab and make some money, the Washington Commanders. Oh, damn. I almost forgot. That's all right. That's why I'm here. That's why we're commanders. Commanders. I mean, we. This was leaked. Everybody knew the commanders were coming before the official announcement came. Uh, The helicopter reporter from one of the DC TV stations, with one of the funniest pieces of investigative journalism ever, just taking a massive zoom zoom in on his camera. Um, The I, I I I don't. That's not like shame on him. That's. Just what you do is a job. You have that technology. You're gonna use it to try to find the uh, try to find the logo. So he zooms in the stadium, sees that the commander's logo is on the wall of the concourse level inside of uh, the 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 Washington Stadium. There, why it wasn't covered up and why they like didn't like try to mask it a little bit better is is kind of baffling. It just it's a very yeah. Wash- a very Washington football well, team I think move. I think their logic was, oh, well, we're on the 10th floor. You know, we're... Yeah, we're... I guess so, but uh, I'm nonetheless, getting to the, the whole point of the, the team itself, I think after a long, a long-awaited, what, almost two-year kind of search and them coming up with names, I'm okay with the commanders. I can live with that. That's fine. I don't really have any strong... I don't really have any strong opinion on it. I just... We had to bring it up because it happened, and it was just funny to watch it get leaked 
and the Washington football team. Now the Commanders lose their reveal uh, of the new na- of the new name, you know. But I'm okay with it. I don't really have any strong opinion on it. Yeah, I I don't either. I think it's a fine name. I think it's a boring name to be honest. That's like my biggest critique yeah, is that I mean that's why I, just, that's why I don't really have an opinion. Well, like I, it makes sense, but yeah, it's nothing like I'm like, ooh, that's so fucking cool. Well, in you know? in something that say what you want about um you know the former name, but the syllables rolled off well. Whereas so in in terms of total syllables, we'll get to what I mean here. So Washington wash ing ten. Commanders three and three. Previous name Washington, second name which was two syllables. I really was hoping that's why Red Tails made so much sense and yeah. like all those different leaked ideas because like it you you want something that does feel familiar to your fan base. And I mean I I think the neutral response is that you know it's like an average name and no one really cares. But I mean Washington fans that I follow have been like this name is so just lame. Like it's so like the logo nothing. looks like a soccer uh like a like a soccer club. As yeah, well. and that was the other thing is that the branding is it kind of weird um like the the like i can understand like but that's what's funny is that if you're gonna go for the soccer club branding do washington football team stick with like how soccer teams work like chelsea fc like chelsea football club like stick with it like that i think that people dug washington football team we made fun of it at first but i actually think washington football team grew on a lot of people um and uh and and was i was was getting accustomed to the football well yeah and and well and it's one of those interesting things where it it being similar to soccer in a way doesn't necessarily make sense like or how a, a, a soccer club is named but it was unique to the NFL and you're the f- no one else can say that they're the football team when you say you're the football team so I just you know it's 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 fine it'll be fine I don't think the uniforms are great I think the uniforms are possibly the new version of the old Jags uniforms um, you know the ones from like 2017 and stuff like that I don't think they're they, they kind of look uh, arena football ish but um, but you know I mean it's fine you know it's cool and hopefully you know we'll, we'll probably forget about it and move on and it won't be a thing you know in in, in 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 a year but but at the same time you know I'm not I'm not overly impressed yeah I'm not either. Like I said, it's 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 a give or take. I've, I'm average about it just because it's not an exciting name, but I, I can I can roll with it. They, they, I think they could have done a lot worse. They could have done a lot better. They could have done a lot worse. I'm like you. I think the Red Tails was always my preferred choice. That was always I thought would be the cool name, especially around yeah. the time that the discussion was happening. It made a lot more sense. But nonetheless, here we are, the Washington Commanders. Uh, Ev, what about we go to the cash grab and go make some money, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more sports. That uh, that sounds good. Let's go. All right, folks, we're going to go to the cash grab. We come back, MLB, soccer, college basketball, tons to get to, so stick with us. Down and Out returns right after this. Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. 
You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down and Out underway. We begin with America's pastime. Running over to the diamond, if we can still call it America's pastime. I, I will. That, that's a debate for another day, I guess. But Evan, some news is developing with the the MLB and their their talks with um, the the players' union and the man, and the owners of every team. Things aren't going well there. We also have a, a little bit of a, a debate here as ESPN drops their 25 all-time best players in MLB history. So kind of two coinciding topics that sum up this MLB category. I guess do we want to do we, do we want to have fun first or do we want to hit nit and gritty here first? Well, so I uh, I have an idea. I think maybe we point out we're you know they did their top 100. I think we you know obviously we're narrowing down to the top 25 because you know there's there's just too much there. Um, I think we can let's list off like the top 10. We'll just okay. list off the top 10 and then we can kind of go to honorable mentions from there and say you know anyone in the 11 to 25 range that we think is a little off. But number one's Babe Ruth, which. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, I mean, it's how do you how do you not go with Babe? At least in that top three, you know, top one is is always in the conversation. Yeah, um, I would agree. And then Willie Mays at number two, Hank Aaron number three, number four is Ty Cobb, number five Ted Williams, number six Lou Gehrig, number seven Mickey Mantle, number eight Barry Bonds, number nine Walter Johnson, number ten Stan Musial. Um, Walter Johnson, Stan Musial, those are guys that played pre, like, like, Stan Musial played from 1941 to 1963, have yourself a 22-year career. Yeah. Um, but, but those are guys that we've never, you know, ever, ever seen or talked I know, about or, and, you know, whatever. I, I, I Everybody else is, you know, pretty, you know, obviously huge names. My main question about that top 10 that I just listed off mm-hmm. is, you know, where do you think Barry Bonds at eight makes sense? Do you yeah, think Barry Bonds needs, that's needs what to I go was, back? Yeah, that's what you, I was getting to. I don't – oh, that's so tough, Ed, because that dude is the pound for pound, like the best hitter that, that the game's ever home seen. Home run leader I mean, all really, time. He's one of the best, like if not the best hitter of all time. I don't I don't know I, – I, I don't know how you argue against it, you know, and because and, and, to me – like Barry Bonds, I would I would probably never list him in my top ten if I'm being honest with you because it's just he. It, I would have my blinders on, but when you when you take if I take my blinders off and I really really look at the kind of the criteria that this top ten list that ESPN is listing off here, Barry makes sense at eight. I, I and I and I I think I think it's okay there. I think he's perfectly okay there because the, what do you remember? Barry Bonds for anything other than his hitting? Um, I mean, that's what's wild, right, about Barry Bonds' career because before, you know, really the Bonds that we knew, we didn't get to watch that Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. We were too – we weren't even born yet, Dom. I mean, right. when he was with the Pirates and was playing outfield, like – like I mean, he always played outfield, but, but 
he was like, I mean, really kind of renowned for being almost a, I'm trying to think of like an example that would, he was definitely extremely physically strong, but he obviously wasn't bulked up, you know, the P, you know, PEDs and all that different stuff. I mean, he was athletic. He was like a good outfielder. That's that's the thing is like he was yeah. definitely. So that's, he, it's tougher because like my dad was a pirate. My dad's a Pirates fan, and he and he talks about Barry being one of his favorites of all time as he got to watch him play. Right. You know? Well, and that's that's kind of the argument that a lot of people have made. You know, especially with the Barry Bonds Hall of Fame stuff recently, is just that you know this was a guy that was a Hall of Famer probably without using PEDs, you know? And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, because he would have been a Hall of Famer without using it, that means, you know, it's fine or whatever. But it does kind of add some context that this guy was more than just juice. This guy was definitely more than just juice. I mean, it, it, it's tough. I, I Now, do I rank him above, like... I don't know. I feel like I feel like I I feel like if I had to to put Barry Bonds somewhere else in this lineup, I think I would probably actually go Hank Aaron number two. I would I would say my top three are Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and and uh, Barry Bonds. I don't know the order right away, but I I for me personally, Hank Aaron is Hank Aaron's also like a little bit of an emotional you know kind of yeah, cultural the, thing. The you know what I mean? Guy, understandable. But but I mean you know also seven hundred fifty five home runs. You know yeah, I mean the guy you know that on that level, it, it's hard though because I mean when you go really look at Willie Mays's career and you go look at Ty Cobb's career and Ted Williams's career, you're like holy fuck! <laughs> like it is it is actually insane what those dudes were able to pull off. Um, especially when you consider that you know. Like, you know, like guys like, you know, Ted Williams went to World War II in the middle of their career <laughs> and like came back. <laughs> we forget about that. <laughs> we forget about that, too. It's so, it's it so like, wild. it's so, it's so disrespectful to be like, uh, you, you know, you hit, hey, Ted, your, your 520 home runs are cool. Uh, but, 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 but I'm going to need you to drop 520 pounds of ordnance all over Why the fuck Nazi did you stop playing? Ted, why did you stop playing for four years from 1941 to 1946? Or, you know, why yeah. why didn't you play during that time? Is it because you were on Normandy? Uh, you know, what's, what's up? But, so, I mean, I think I think Barry Bonds is definitely higher for me. I just, I can't not. But it's, it's you know, I mean, you're, you're making decisions that feel disrespectful no matter which way you go. Because somewhere, some way, you know you know, someone's getting boned. You know what I mean? Um, Dom, what, where do you have Barry and your, you know, is he at one? No, Barry, Barry is not my number one. I, I'm okay with babe. Uh, babe, babe could honestly be inner, could be intertwined with, uh, with, with, I I, 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 I could almost make the case for Hank being there too. I mean, Hank beat his record, you know, so there, 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 there could be that. But in, in terms of, I've always been a big Babe Ruth guy and I've always been a fan of his because what he did in that generation from, uh, you know, 14 to 19 with the Sox and 20 to 34 with the Yankees, like it's over the span of his career and what he was doing at that time was unheard of. Uh, I, Mike Trout is the closest thing we will ever get to see to what Babe did. And and I love Mike Trout to death, Ev. You know this. I'm an Angels guy. But Mike Trout will never have the well, – because of the people that are around Mike Trout, because he's not the only perennial superstar in the MLB, he will never have the – the allure that Babe Ruth had when he was playing during his time. I mean, Babe was a, was a, a Goliath among men. 
God among men, if, if I yeah. can say so myself. So, Babe, it seems like number one. I, I, I'm okay with you throwing Hank at two uh, just because the home run thing itself. Three for me, I'll probably that, that's probably where I throw. I'll throw Willie Mays there. I think Ty Cobb is a little high. I I don't know. Like I just didn't. Like these are old guys, man. I didn't get to. I don't know enough about Ty Cobb. I'll tell you what though. Fucking Lou Gehrig, that motherfucker. Before you know, before everything happened, and you know, unfortunately, just uh, you know, happened with what ALS became to be Lou Gehrig's disease. Like Lou Gehrig was the shit. So I I don't. Have, I'm I might throw Lou Gehrig at my number three if I'm being honest with you. Uh, I think uh, I think Ted, that's interesting. Ted, Ted would be out there there for and oh oh I don't know yeah I guess I I, I it would be it'd be five or six is probably where I'm where I'm gonna end up throwing Barry Bonds. I didn't, I think I, didn't, I did not get to see Barry play defense. I did not get to see him be this this great outfielder that that you know like our dads and other people got to see. So I my right. my, my my viewpoint well, on it is a little obscure. Well, that's what's interesting is that, I mean, all top 10 players on this list, Barry Bonds is the only one we've ever been able to watch. And we watched, you know, kind of one, we were young. And then two, you know, we watched a a very different stage of Barry Bonds career where, you know, it was a lot of, I mean, he still played, obviously. I mean, he he was still in the outfield, you know, in left field, but, but, you know, he was, uh, you know, it was all about what happens when he's at the plate exclusively pretty much at that point. Um, I think it's interesting that the, 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 First, I mean, obviously Babe Ruth was a starting pitcher as well, but the first solo like pitcher only to uh, to show up on the top 100 list on ESPN is uh, is uh, uh, Pedro Martinez. So basically, you could say he was he's he's I mean he's definitely the first modern era pitcher to uh, be on the list, and, and I think that's fair. I mean, Pedro is one of the all time greats. Uh, there's maybe a couple other names that you could say would be in that mix. Um, you got Honus Wagner at twelve, Ken Griffey Jr. at thirteen. I think Ken Griffey Jr. might be a little high, straight up. I mean, I love Ken Griffey Jr. I think yeah, we I don't, all I don't, love Ken Griffey Jr. I don't, I don't Jr. think that's a wild take. It might be, but, like he, he's higher than Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, I mean, he's higher than Joe DiMaggio. I mean, you know, uh, Mike Trout clocks in at number fifteen. Uh, halfway, he should, yeah, he should be higher. Halfway, halfway, okay, <laughs> halfway through his career, uh, you know, arguably halfway through his career, no, you could the say. Fa- no, listen, the fact that that Mike is even in this top twenty-five list, like that's that's a testament. Like, I, I, if I'm Mike, I'm more than content. I'm okay where I am right there. Uh, Clemens is the second modern day starting pitcher or second solo starting pitcher to to hit the list at seventeen, um, which you know makes sense, I guess. Uh, you got Frank Robinson, 19, Roger Hornsby, 20, Cy Young clocks in at 21, uh, which, you know, I mean, it's it, it's interesting to Cy Young's further back than someone like Pedro Martinez to me, considering how le- legacy, like his legacy is so much, you know, crazier. Can uh, we talk about the teams that Cy Young played for here real quick? For We got the Cleveland, Cleveland Spiders. Spiders, the St. Louis Perfectos, were also the Cardinals, the Boston Americans, the Cleveland Naps, and the Boston Rustlers. The you know the most memorable team names in, in MLB baseball history. Honestly, I, I why why they changed them is beyond me. I don't know. Uh, last but not least, uh, you know, in the top twenty-five, Tom Seaver, uh, one of like when whenever I feel like my dad talks about old school baseball, Tom Seaver always comes up. Um, 
Uh, Ricky Henderson at 23, who's, I mean, I, I would maybe even argue that Ricky Henderson should be higher. I know that some people like don't agree with that, but no one is ever, 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 ever in history ever going to touch his stolen base record. So I think that speaks for something. And he also played for 25 years. Um, yeah, it's, so it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. I, I, Ricky Henderson rocks. Um, Randy Johnson at 24, sure, makes sense. Um, ERA, obviously, and, and some of those stats, not the all-time great, but that's a lot of it's because he just didn't stop pitching, you know, really. Um, and then uh, uh, Christy Mathewson, um, one of the, you know, one of the all-time older players that, you know, I've heard about, but I couldn't really tell you anything super crazy about. But um, No, because if you look at his team, you'll think, oh, New York Giants, he's a football player. Like, nope, that was a baseball team from 1900. I do wish sometimes that we had uh, that we had soccer rules when it comes to, to cities like uh, pro sports teams because, you know, for example, right, like Barcelona has their soccer team. They have their basketball team. Right. They have their I, – I wish it was just, you know – across the board just in, when you say the New York Giants that's you know let's say that's the Met that would be the Mets right the the or I guess the Jets and Mets right that's more the accepted combo I don't uh-huh. know. Um, but anyways uh, yeah I think the list is fine you know I mean when you're trying to rank you know top 100 MLB players and, M- and the MLB has been going on since you're, you know professional baseball has been going on for you know 140 years or whatever it is I mean it's obviously you know a damn near impossible task um, but I thought it was fun. You know, uh, they didn't put any names to this. They just said the ESPN staff came up with this. So, uh, it's not like, you know, you can blame. You know, I, listen, it, it was, it, it was a, it was a respectable list. And I'm like all the, the, I've seen worse. Yeah. I've definitely and, seen worse. And, and the three names of the guys who I've seen kind of help put this together and analyze it. I, I trust them with baseball knowledge. So, you know, fair enough. I'm good with but, that. But, uh, yeah, that was a uh, good Dom. Do you want to hear about some uh, some US men's national team soccer? Yeah, I would I would love to hear what's going on with the US men's national team and another edition of Evan Soccer Corner. Yeah, well, uh, Evan Soccer Corner has, uh, you know, the the it has the 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 good lighting right now, the 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 positive vibes. There's party hats and everything else. Not because the U.S. has qualified for the uh, 2022 World Cup, but uh, last night's, uh, you know, Wednesday night's 3-0 win over the uh, uh, over Honduras. I was gonna say like they have a mascot, the Honduras um, Hondurans. Um, they, uh, they, they won 3-0 in a very, very cold night in Minneapolis. The game was played in, like, three-degree weather. Um, that was much needed after the 2-0 loss to Canada, and it puts the U.S. four points clear of Panama in the race for, you know, a World Cup automatic qualifying spot. Um, the U.S. still has to play Panama and Mexico and Costa Rica in March. Those are the last three games to qualify for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, Dom, at this point, it's you know, if they go get a win, you know, in that that spet that span, it's going to be pretty tough for them to miss out on World Cup qualifying, um, especially That's if that good. wins. Yes. But you know, it's they're not out of the any, woods any, yet. No, anything can happen. I'm aware, but hey, that's a good sign. At least, at least they've gotten themselves into the situation. Well, and and I want to throw, I want to throw, I criticize Greg Bearhalter a lot. That's the manager. That's the head coach of the you know of the uh, U.S. Men's National Team. And I will continue to criticize Greg Bearhalter a lot in the future. However, however, credit to him last night playing the team he did. Honduras is not very good. 
But he played a young, hungry team with a setup that made sense, even though a lot of names like Tyler Adams and Christian Pulisic did not start the game. Instead, he went with some of the more understated, you know, kind of younger players like Luca De La Torre, uh, former Fulham player, uh, and, you know, went with them and said, you know, young guys, go earn it. Go show us why, you know, you deserve to be here too. Mm-hmm. And they went out there and they did just that. Um, and, and uh, you know, I mean, it was kind of a, you know, they, they scored on three set pieces, you know, three goals from, from, uh, from you know, a break in play, so to speak, which... Or well, sort of two. Go- Actually, it was more like two goals. The, there was a set piece that started the motion that eventually led to the goal, though, for the third goal. And um, Christian Pulisic scoring that third goal, by the way, that was a bigger deal than maybe some people realize. He has been on a drought recently, and uh, getting the ball in the back of the net is a uh, definitely a good way to you know kind of help help uh, move past that. So. Well, it's a good 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 sign for the U.S. men's team, who's Lord knows are going to need him coming up soon, getting him back in rhythm. Oh, no questions. So, yeah, you know, good vibes there. That's uh, that's all good. Now we have to kind of sit tight for a month and a half uh, until the next window of uh, World Cup qualifying games. Um, but, you know, that's uh, that's the biz. That's the game. And, you know, uh, hopefully when we when we next talk about it, things will remain positive. I mean, you know, it's it's you know, it's 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 obvious that I care a lot about it. And I think more and more people care a lot about it now. So. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the U.S. doesn't let us down this year. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. Uh, one last thing that we got to get to before we wrap up the show here real quick. State of college basketball. We haven't gotten to talk too, too much about college basketball. But, uh, and I know, Evan, it's a, it's a sore topic for you because, you know, Alabama has lost to them. But we got to talk about the, the Auburn Tigers. 18 wins in a row. Currently sitting, I think, 21-1 and one overall. The number one ranked team in the country. They are, Bruce Pearl has got this team humming. Humming. It is, it is actually beautiful to watch them play a game of basketball. Yeah, I mean, they are an extremely talented team and a team that has, they've got the, okay, so Jabari Smith, right? You know, very real chance. He's the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, this upcoming uh-huh. uh, draft. Uh, at worst, I would say he's going to be a five, you know, if he stays healthy. He's phenomenal. Um, I've watched Alabama play Auburn twice now, and both times Auburn has beaten Alabama, unfortunately, but what are you going to do? Um, Jamari Smith is extremely talented. Uh, their guards, like, like, and even the guys coming off the bench, like Wendell Green, their guards aren't always the best shooters, per se, but they are fucking tenacious, man. They play hard on both sides of the ball, and they're really, really tough to stop when they're, when they're working downhill with a head full of steam. Um... They just and, and and Walker Kessler. I mean, their 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 uh, their their center is. I mean, he had four blocks in like a five minute span against Alabama. I think uh, in the first half of their most mm-hmm. recent game, they've got all the pieces. They're kind of like what people were talking about with Gonzaga last year, where it was like, wow, Gonzaga seems like they have every type of player you know, that you could want for a team. And, you know, it obviously, you know, fell just short for Gonzaga in the end. But I think Auburn probably has a more athletic team than Gonzaga ever had. Um, that's, I mean, that, across the board, they're all just wickedly athletic. And, you know, I mean, they're definitely a team that, you know, 
Alabama could have beaten them in in that first game they played. I think you know Auburn Auburn is beatable. That although they're on this run, they're just you know it's going to be tough to beat them right now. You know I think Auburn will cool down a little bit, but if anything, Auburn kind of maybe wants that cool down to happen like now here in the next couple weeks, get fired back up in time for the SEC tournament, and then obviously uh, March Madness. Um, but they're good, man, and the SEC in general, man, it's. It's a tough-ass place to play basketball right now. Which is, I mean, if, if you had said this to me about five years ago, Evan, I would have been like, you're, you're fucking wrong. I mean, that's the easiest bet. That's a football conference. But we can't say that anymore because the SEC has five ranked teams in there, and two of which are in the top five, being Auburn and Kentucky. I don't know what has happened you know, in in the course of you know, kind of that that's such a, a quick flip of what it feels like how the SEC became also a very good basketball conference. But here we fucking are, and 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 things are going well. I mean, you got Tennessee ranked twenty two, LSU who you know has been up and down all year with Will Wade is ranked twenty fifth. You've got four guys in there. I mean, that's more than the ACC. And you have Mississippi State. You have Alabama, who I've said all along is a team you. You do not want to have to play against. I think when it gets down to NCAA tournament time, uh, you know the, the Florida Gators are always going to be good too. So, I, yeah, I don't, I, I can't believe I have to say this, but like as a fan of a team who's in the ACC and the ACC is not looking too hot right now, I mean the SEC is is they're humming, they're humming at the right time too, and it's I, I the the power balance, it, like I said, it's just it's what's befuddling me is when I look at this and just like how did this happen? <laughs> how did we let the SEC now become a basketball conference too? We the the sports gods watching above have have really really let us down here. Well, it's a it's kind of the nature of the beast in my mind is that you know if you know with the the. I mean, SEC has always had, like, some really good basketball programs over the years, you know? I mean, but the ACC kind of developed. In the 2000s, that was the ACC's decade. Right. There was never a question about that. And I would say even somewhat in the 90s, too. Um, but in the 2000s, that was like, AC. even if the ACC didn't, an ACC team didn't win the national championship, it always felt like there was at least one, maybe two in the final four. And, you know, I mean, Duke UNC and stuff like that, I mean, those were the most watched basketball games they kind of still are um but but uh but yeah i think you know football money you know eventually trickles into the other programs and and the exposure and everything else and that's definitely what happened from alabama's perspective i mean florida you know i mean that's what's kind of funny that i mentioned about the 2000s is that florida obviously had their uh their basketball championship in uh in in that decade and and and, and yeah championships and and uh it's it's just it's been growing you know the SEC's always been a player but you know the Big Ten and the ACC and you know was was kind of the ones that were considered to be steps above right. I would say probably in the past five years you know the SEC has pretty much solidified itself as if not number two number one some years um, I mean you could it, you can make cases for you know for the for the Big Ten and for the ACC but I mean it just it just isn't the same right now. No, and I think it, it, I think some of that's also due to obviously one and dones and the culture of that. The SEC right. feels like it has a better grasp on keeping guys around maybe than some of those except, other conferences, ex- ex- except for Kentucky. 
Except for Kentucky. Yeah. Well, Kentucky <laughs> Kentucky is Alabama in the fact of, okay, well, we're different. Like, we don't even count. Like, you know, I, I've talked about as an Alabama football fan, I kind of can't stand when, you know, the SEC chants and stuff like that because I don't give a fuck about, like, anybody else in the SEC. Like, right. Like, who cares? Kentucky is that, right? You know, I mean, they're like, they're like, uh, Auburn's number one. I wish I gave a shit. I wish, you know, (laughs) if anything, I'm mad about that. You know, I mean, uh, so, you know, um, yeah, it's fun. It's interesting. I wish Alabama played a different conference and was, you know, not, didn't have eight losses, uh, but, but it is what it is. The parody among college basketball is really fun too, because the SEC has really a, bu- a bunch of really, really fun teams. And I'm not saying anything against the ACC because the ACC does have very good teams. You have Duke, you have Notre Dame who's starting to kind of get things together. A very, a, a good Miami team who's been tested quite a bit this year. Uh, in the ACC, but you mentioned, you know, that I would argue in the 2000s, in the mid-2000s, into the early 2010s, you know, being a fan of Syracuse, I mean, I I grew up in the Big East, and I mean, the Big East was a perennial power of a conference, too, and and they're kind of getting back to it this year with, with Providence, Villanova, UConn, Marquette, and Xavier all ranked so we're kind of we're 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 getting back to ways of old but it is funny to see just the 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 widespread talent that you're you're getting among i mean the the big 12 has a bunch of ranked teams uh the a10 started with saint bonaventure being ranked so like (laughs) in the a10 had a ranked team in there houston our boy uh calvin sampson from the aac ranked six so it's 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 when march comes around it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna oh, be yeah. it's gonna be some real real good basketball that well, I'm I would for. I would say last year's March Madness was as good as a March Madness as I've yeah. seen in like a decade. I would agree. Um, I I feel like this the the there's fertile ground for this year's to eclipse eclipse last year's. So so yeah, fingers crossed. Sounds good there. Uh, I think that it just about wraps it up. Evan, is there any final thoughts about any of these topics we need to get to? Oh, uh, we did, while we went to the break, I did see Tom Brady on his Twitter released a video, like, about, like, thanking everybody for his career. And it shows predominantly Patriot clips, but also Tampa Bay stuff. So it's not just a wholehearted uh, thank you to, to Patriots Nation. It's kind of a, a combined effort there. So just wanted to make sure that we, we touched on that before we go. Because yeah. Tom Brady Tom Brady do be staying, not giving a fuck about, about, uh, about the Patriots fans' feelings. So kudos to you, Tom. Uh, but I, I think I'm good unless, if there's anything you needed to add. Yeah, that's uh that's that's all I got to be honest with you. Um I uh I I mean I I guess I can always say that uh you know it, it, this is tough. This is kind of tough to put into words, but you can go follow us on Twitter at down. <laughs> I, was about to, I was like, oh boy, I did not see this coming. You, you can go follow us at Down In Out Podcast on Twitter. Uh, that's Down Capital In Out Podcast on Twitter. Um, tweet at us. Go follow us to see when new episodes come out and to uh, see whatever other bullshit we're, we're chatting about. On top of that, you can also go give us a uh, five star rating on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever the fuck you uh you like to 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 listen to podcasts on and um and uh you know we we appreciate that that's uh that's a really cool thing of you to do um it would be very nice of you to do because it makes us look good so do that please and thank you uh tell your mom i said hi 
Yes, pretty pleased with a cherry on top. Uh, and also, while you're showing some love to us, show some love to JD Masters and Buddha. Man in the Mirror is our intro outro song. You can find <coughs> them on YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream music, anywhere you stream our podcast. You can find them there as well. Folks, have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in with us. We'll be back next week with more. Getting ready for the Super Bowl. We'll have a full episode breaking down the Super Bowl. Getting ready for that. That's all coming up next week. So, a lot of good stuff in store. Thank you as always. This is Ben Down and Out. And until next time, Arrivederci. Later. I ignored your story because I didn't want to hear it. Bitch, did you ever really catch a switch where I went from rock and boo to cop the vibe like a fish? Assist like white chocolate handing out a dish. If the devil shows up, then my soul he just wish. I might accept the offer because I want to grind like cost and give the trophies to my mama. Make him sweat like a sauna. Cause act like I can't, then I'ma spit like a llama. Take your girlfriend out and give a Balenciaga. So check me out, fill me up and watch me bounce. Cause the new man in the it's looking like a mouse Switch places, change faces Now Buddha runs a house Trust hip-hop more than bitches So I'ma take her as a spouse Or at least a concubine If in front of my God feel divine I'ma grab it like a shield And I'ma make it shine Cause when I'm polished I'll abolish if you cross the line That's how I am feeling Keep growing like a giant Go through the ceiling Man in the mirror doubled up Now you all the fuck We go again but when we stop blazing Boom, boom, pow, pow, what you gonna do now? Especially when I bring the energy like it's a pow wow. Besides, find a man, paint your face, cause you a damn clown. Look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now. The name is Buddha, bitch. Damn, JD. Uh, look around, only one that isn't on my wagon now.